and welcome to the Pioneering Today podcast. This is episode number 99, where we're going to be sharing eight plus tips for cutting out sugar. So I want to welcome you. My name is Melissa K. Norris, and this is where we inspire your faith and your pioneer roots. Typically, we talk about modern homesteading, self-sufficiency, cooking from scratch, old-fashioned tips, and cutting out sugar might not necessarily seem like it falls into that, but it really does, because if we take a look back at the pioneers, even you know just going back 100 years and, of course, much further, they did not eat anywhere near the amount of processed sugar that the mainstream or modern westernized diet, American diet, that we consume on an average basis. Now, there's a huge difference, and there's a lot of reasons for wanting to cut back on the sugar or eliminating sugar from your diet. So I know a lot of us, we really like that idea of cutting out the processed foods. So if you are new to listening, then welcome, and I want to encourage you on cutting out the processed foods and genetically modified foods. And if you have been with me for any amount of time, you know that that is one of my main passions and my goals. So sugar really isn't that great for us. And when I'm referring to sugar, especially in this episode, in this um, podcast, is I'm referring to sugar, processed white table sugar. Because when sugar is in that form, it's been processed, it's been taken out of, and it's going to depend if it's made from beets, sugar can be made from cane, sugar cane, or it can be made from beets, which is, if it's made from beets, commercially, a good portion of the beets are actually genetically modified. So beet sugar could be a GMO product as well. Now, if it's made from cane sugar, it's most likely not a genetically modified sugar. But when we think of typical white table sugar, regular sugar, that's been extremely processed. It's had the molasses stripped from it, which is why it's white, and it's went through a number of steps to actually become that refined white sugar that we have on our table. So other than taste, and of course it is an energy source, and our body does need a certain amount of carbohydrates and sugars in order for it to function properly, but what we're going to be talking about is the processed added in sugar, not the sugars that come in their natural form in our foods. I have cut sugar out of my diet a few different times, and I have to say that when I eliminate added or processed sugar, I really can tell a big difference in my health. So if you have never done it before, you will have a difference, but I want to let you know a little bit of what you're in for. When you first start to cut the sugar out, it's really hard, and the first time I did it, I actually had a headache for a few days, and let me tell you, the struggle is real when you are trying to eliminate regular sugar from your diet. But there are a lot of benefits. For one, when you cut out sugar, sugar can be a big inflammatory or cause inflammation for people. I notice that when I'm not consuming sugar, my joints feel better. So my knees and my knuckles, which I'm really not that old. I'm only, I will, I'll tell you this much, I'm in my mid thirties, but I can tell a difference at my age when I'm cutting out the sugar. And I don't have that that up and down, especially in the afternoon. A lot of times people will get that big crash in the afternoon where you feel really, really, really tired between like 2 and 4 p.m. And so you will reach for sugar because it gives you that initial energy boost, but then we bottom out. And so then we crash and we come down. So I don't have those ups and downs, I've noticed, when I'm cutting out the sugar. And I am totally vain enough to admit it and considering this as well, my clothes fit better. 
because when we're consuming a lot of sugar, it's typically when it contributes a lot to weight gain. So when we take that out, a lot of times we will naturally just start to lose some weight when we're eliminating that sugar. I know all that and I've done it diff multiple different times, but I can tend to be kind of an all or nothing person. Sugar, especially over the holidays, had really snuck back in to my diet where I was eating not just dessert, but I was kind of eating sugar all throughout the day. So I decided at the first of the year that I was going to go on a sugar detox. Now, if you're looking to eliminate and cut out sugar, you need to know, and this is going to be especially true if you're buying things from the store, you need to become a super sleuth when it comes to reading labels because sugar is in so many of our foods, especially the store-bought ones, processed, pre-made foods. And when you look at the label, it can come under a lot of different names. It can say glucose, pretty much anything that ends with the O's in it is going to be a form of sugar. Of course, high fructose corn syrup, regular corn syrup. You'll see cane juice, evaporated cane juice. You'll see sucrose. Any of those things are just a way malt sugar, malt. A lot of those are just different forms of sugar, but it's actually sugar that's in there. And you'll be surprised because it's in a lot of sauces and just ingredients that you wouldn't really think would have a high sugar content. It's been snuck in and added to it. So you'll really want to become a super sleuth when you're trying to cut out the sugar if it's not something that you are making at home and from scratch. Now, I do want to disclose, I am not a medical professional. I'm not a nutritionist. So this is not a diagnosis or treatment plan. I'm just sharing with you guys what I've experienced and what I'm doing. So of course, always do your own research. Highly encourage you. As I mentioned with sugar, we need a certain amount of sugar and carbohydrates for our bodies to function. The American Heart Association recommends no more, and this is for added sugars. When we get natural forms of sugar in our fruits, vegetables, and grains, and of course, some fruits and vegetables are going to have a lot more of that natural sugar than other ones. So for example, blueberries have a pretty high sugar content in them. And of course, if you have something, you know, like a sweet potato or carrots, those have more sugar than say, like a piece of broccoli does. So, but because it's in its whole form, so when people talk about whole food or real foods, it's in its whole form, the sugar. So it's got fiber with it. It's got vitamins. It's got minerals and other nutrients that benefit our body. And because it's going into our body in that whole form, it's not going to go straight into your bloodstream causing like a big, huge sugar spike when we've got it in that whole food or that natural form. And the bulk because we're eating it with fiber and the other things in its whole form, it helps fill our stomachs up. So it triggers our bodies so that we're nowhere full. So typically you're not going to over binge and eat a huge amount of carrots like you could, you know, a bag of M&Ms. In reference to the American Heart Association's recommendation, this is when we're talking about added sugars, when we're adding sugar to things, not in just the regular form of foods. And their recommendation is that you have no more than 36 grams, which is nine teaspoons for men, and 24 grams or six teaspoons for women per day of added sugar. And if you think about it, you, a lot of times just one soda pop will have all of the recommendations days worth of sugar in it. So I cut soda out of my diet years ago and that's one that I have not looked back on but if soda is something that you're drinking on a regular basis just eliminating that that can be a huge elimination of sugar for you right then and there so in the context of this I'm talking to your refined added sugars so brown sugar regular white sugar even evaporated cane juice any of those types of sugar products now for me personally when I'm doing a sugar detox which just means I'm cutting out sugar that also includes honey 
and maple syrup. So the only forms of sugar that I'm consuming are in the forms of whole fruits and vegetables and some grains. For you though, if you're looking to cut out sugar, you might not be wanting to do it to that degree. So that might just mean that you're using natural sweeteners such as raw honey, maple syrup, B grade, and or coconut palm sugar. So it's totally up to you. I'm just letting you know what I'm doing. And the reason for that is because I tend to need to give myself a reset when I've really been binging. Cause like I said, I'm kind of an all or nothing person most of the time trying to work on balance. So for me, um, for about, my goal is to do the entire month of January and then kind of reevaluate at the end of that month. So right now I'm not using the raw honey and the maple syrup as natural forms of sweetener right now, but I will add those back in in moderation, um, kind of once I feel like I've totally reset things with myself. So I want to share with you some of my tips for cutting back on the sugar. The first thing to do, my number one tip, it, it's kind of actually two tips in one, but we've got this titled as number one. That's set a date and get an accountability partner. There's something about setting a date. That's why everybody January 1st, the first of the year, we talk about having you know goals or resolutions, whatever it is that you want to call them, where we want to reset and we've got this date in mind that we want to create some new habits or do some new things. And so there's something about that date. Now, we don't always stick to those resolutions and goals, but I have had some New Year's resolutions that I have completely stuck to for years and years upon years. So sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. But the important thing is to set a date, set a date in your mind that you're going to commit to do it. Now that could be today. You could be as of today, I am doing this. It could be starting tomorrow. You're gonna kind of have to plan around in there, decide what it is for you, but make that commitment and that decision and say, you know, foot down, so to speak, today I'm doing this from here on out. And it really helps if you can get an accountability partner. If you have someone else that's doing it with you and that you can check in with, you can give each other encouragement, and there's just something about knowing that you've given your word to someone else, that you're going to be accountable to them, that helps you stick to this. I've actually used accountability partners for so many things. Right now, I personally have an accountability partner for cutting out my sugar, but I also have done it, I've done it with exercise, and I've also done it with getting up early in the morning to work on projects. So for example, I'm working on my next book right now, it's due to my publisher, February February 1st. And so I have had an accountability partner since September where we agree to text each other at 5.30 a.m. in the morning and say, hey, we're up, we're working. And also that we pray for one another if there's an area that we need prayer in while we're working on something. So it's been really great. And I would highly recommend that you get an accountability partner. So it could be someone in your house. It could be a friend that you see every day or a coworker, that kind of a thing. But it doesn't have to be. My accountability partner right now for the sugar, she actually lives across the U.S. and we're checking in with each other via email. Okay, tip number two. Decide what forms of sugar and what you're going to be eliminating or cutting out for you. So I already explained to you what my sugar detox looks like and what the things that I was cutting out. And mine's pretty strict, but that might not be. Some of you, it might just be like I mentioned, maybe it's just cutting out the soda. Maybe it's cutting out that double shot dark chocolate brevet with whipped cream. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm cutting out too. <laughs> but you decide what it is. Maybe it's just white table sugar. Maybe that's what you're cutting out. Maybe it's just anything that has high fructose corn syrup in it. Maybe it's cutting everything out except what's in fruit and vegetables and grains like I'm doing. Just decide what your definition is and then stick to it. Tip number three, change your mindset. 
So don't remind yourself of all the things that you can't have or that you're being deprived like, oh my goodness, I don't get to have, you know, whatever it is that you're eliminating out. Don't think about it in the terms of that you don't get to have that any longer because if we're focused on that negative, then it becomes really hard to stick to it. We feel like we're depriving ourselves and it's not going to go so well. So instead, focus on what you're gaining. Tell yourself that you're fueling your body with foods that benefit it so you're able to and kind of fill in the blank. So for me, I am fueling myself so that I have the energy to meet my book deadline because that's utmost important to me right now. I'm also, when I'm making that choice, telling myself that it's so that I can live healthier, so I can fulfill the work that God has put me on this earth to do. And of course, so that I can be here for my family. So with every bite that we eat, we have a choice to either fuel our body and nourish it with healthy foods that actually benefit our bodies or to damage it. So when I think in those types of terms, it always helps me to make a better choice. That's why I say really think about how you're thinking about your food and change your mindset if you tend to fall into the, oh my goodness, I don't get to have this anymore category. And I want to share too some the the tools and resources that have helped me on this journey and that I'm using as I go into this again. And that one of the books that I have read that has made a really big difference, especially when it comes to changing your mindset and the way that you think and that you look about food. And that is by Lisa Turkhurst, and it's called Made to Crave. And so all of the things that I'm referencing and talking about today, of course, you can grab in the show notes. And I so appreciate that if you do that and you want to check out those links, I think they'll be of benefit to you. And you can get those at melissaknorris.com. Click on the podcast button, and this is episode number 99. So tip number four that we have going on here is to set a cheat meal. You like say what? We're talking about cutting out sugar now. You're and you're telling me that I get to have a cheat meal. So there's a couple of reasons for this. Is for me, is it helps if I have one meal one day a week, so not a full day, but where I can have a treat. This really does truly help me stay on track for the long term. So for example, my husband's birthday is this Saturday, and I'm going to be making him a homemade chocolate cheesecake, and I'm going to allow myself to have a slice of that on his birthday at birthday dinner. It falls back to the whole forbidden fruit mentality. If you tell yourself that you never get to have something again, a lot of times this is also going back to the changing your mindset. That's all you focus on and it will drive you crazy and you tend to set yourself up for failure. But if you know that you can have it on Saturday or whatever that set day may be for you, then it's not such a big deal because it's kind of like on Thursday you might not be able to have you know, that piece of chocolate cake at the office, but you know, come Saturday that you are going to be able to have your treat. And so it's no, so it's so, it's not so much of a big deal. You're like, Oh, no way. Problem. I'm going to have mine Saturday. Or if you know, you end up do having it on Thursday, then don't have it on Saturday, but just kind of cutting yourself some slack and giving yourself a little bit of a leeway there. I've noticed helps me stick to it over the long haul, which is my super big goal this time is to not fall back and not be all or nothing, but to really stick to this. Tip number five, keep starting over. So if you have a slip up, and you most likely will, and this is a really big tip for me, and it's not one that I've followed so great in the past, so I'm kind of preaching to myself here with you guys. Don't let that be your excuse to go off like a chicken in a cornfield. So you had something that you didn't want to or wasn't really on your list of foods that you wanted to be eating right now, 
And a lot of times when that happens, we're kind of like, oh, well, I kind of already messed up for today, so let's just go all in. And then you kind of end up just repeating that all throughout the day. But immediately, go back to your original game and your menu plan. Don't let that one mess up be your ticket to a free-for-all cheat day. Tip number six, meal plan. So know ahead of time your meals at least for that day, if not for the whole week. And it's also important, too, because... For me, I'm not just cooking for myself, but I'm also cooking for my family, and my kids don't need to be on a strict diet. Neither one of them have any weight issues, and I don't need to restrict them from anything. I'm not restricting them. For example, we had steak fajitas. So for the kids, that meant tortillas, but for me and my husband, it meant using leaf lettuce as our wrap instead of a tortilla. I made sourdough cinnamon rolls for the kids' breakfast for the week, but I didn't have the homemade cinnamon rolls. Let me tell you, that was a test. (laughs) A very hard one at that. But instead, I had homemade yogurt. So when I make my homemade yogurt at home, which I highly recommend, and I've got a link for you, it just takes takes less than 15 minutes of active time to make yogurt at home. It's half the price of when you buy it store-bought. But the other great thing is when you make it at home, you don't add any sweeteners in. You can add sweeteners in later, but it doesn't have all of the fillers that a lot of the store-bought yogurt can have. And I let mine ferment for a full 24 hours, which means that there are barely any milk sugars left. So it makes it a much low sugar product than it would be if I was purchasing it in the store. So for breakfast, I had homemade yogurt. And then I also had made sourdough pancakes with fresh ground spelt flour. And spelt is one of my favorite flours, and I like to grind our flour at home. And one of the reasons I really do like spelt is because it does have a lower gluten content to it. It still does have gluten in it. So spelt is not a gluten-free flour, but it's an ancient grain. So it has less gluten than the modern hybridized wheat, and it also has a higher protein count. And when you have protein, it helps you feel full longer. And so protein is a really good thing to make sure that you have in each meal so that you're not getting hungry earlier and you're not reaching for those sugary treats. So I made sourdough spelt pancakes And I used a little bit of sweetener in there, and I actually used coconut palm sugar, which coconut palm sugar is considered a low glycemic sugar that doesn't spike the blood sugars as much. So I used a little bit of that in the actual pancake batter itself. So instead, the kids had grade B maple syrup on their pancakes. I didn't. What I did on top of my pancake was I used a quarter cup of homemade yogurt, and then I just mixed in one tablespoon of homemade applesauce with it. So that naturally sweetened it because my homemade applesauce, I don't add sugar to my applesauce. It's cinnamon in the apples. And it's still got the fibers from the apples. So that was a great way. And that's another, we're going to call that a bonus tip in there. I did say this was eight plus, right? Is if you can use natural fruits like that to sweeten things in place of the sugar. So that's one of my tips. A lot of sometimes too, I will just put applesauce on top of my pancake in place of syrup and I'll have that. So then you're getting a fruit serving in there with fibers, um, but with just out the pure sugar. And then for lunch, like I had, you know, we, I cooked a roasted a whole chicken And we had chicken with homemade salsa. And a lot of the stuff I'm mentioning that I do homemade is, one, because it's cheaper and we try to be self-sufficient that way. But, two, you'll find a lot of the store-bought items have added sugar. So if you're purchasing salsa from the store and that kind of stuff, you really got to check those ingredient labels because a lot of times they'll have the addition of sugar in them. I love to use the homemade versions because I know if I added sugar to it or not, and I never add sugar to my salsa. Ideas for some snacks, because a lot of times that's where we can find, kind of fall into that pitfall of grabbing, you know, more of the processed things or things that have sugar in them. So nuts, just 
plain nuts. Fresh fruit. Now, I try to limit my fresh fruit during a strict detox, like I'm doing right now, to one or one and a half servings a day. So I try not to go all out on the fruit. What I would consider a serving is one banana, you know, one apple, one pear, that kind of a thing. And then I don't know about you, but if you get to craving kind of salty things instead of potato chips, I love pickles. And this is a great time for the fermented veggies because then we're getting the probiotics in there as well along with our vegetables. So a lot of times in the afternoon, if I'm kind of craving something salty, instead of grabbing potato chips or pretzels or those kind of things, go for a pickled vegetable. And dilly beans are my favorites, along with pickled asparagus. Those are two of my top choices there. And of course, popcorn. Popcorn can be a great, especially if you're making it at home, and then you are you know can season it with some sea salt. I like to put on some nutritional yeast which has got some of those good B vitamins in there. Just think of little things like that, but plan your snacks out. So when it's the day I'm going to work is I pack all of that with me so I'm not tempted to get the stuff at work or run, you know, run to the deli or something like that. For a lot of recipes, when I'm going sugar-free, one of the cookbooks that I have that's been a really great resource that I want to share with you is the Trim Healthy Mama Cookbook. And in the show notes, I've linked to the exact one that I bought last year. They rely heavily on stevia, as the sweetener for many of those recipes, but all 350 plus recipes are in the book and they're all sugar-free, but not all of them are baking, but they do have some different candy recipes, um, cookies and cakes and things like that. So when your sweet tooth is really hitting that you can make and they're all sugar-free. A lot of the times it's with stevia. They do use a couple of the other um, erythritol and those type sweeteners but they are sugar-free, so you can check that out. And like I said, I've got the link for you in the show notes as well. So that's been some of the things that I tend to lean on. Tip number seven, when you need something sweet, don't go off plan. Instead, just pick a healthier alternative. And I don't know about you. If you've never done a sugar detox, then I will be really curious to see if this happens to you as well. And if you've done one before, then I bet you know what I'm talking about. But I would love to hear if anybody else has experienced this as well. It's amazing how sweet foods start to taste if your taste buds aren't constantly bombarded with sugar. It tends to take a few days, sometimes up to a week for me, but the fruit becomes sweeter. And it's weird, like carrots, like foods that I never really noticed were actually sweet before, really start to become sweet. And so now I had done up a whole bunch of canned pears. We did canned spice pears as well, where I canned them with some cinnamon sticks. And so if I eat one of those canned pears, and I do a very, very light syrup when I am canning any of my fruits, but when I eat those, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is like, it really truly is like dessert. Like I'm not just saying that to myself to try and trick myself. It really is truly sweet. So it's it's amazing how that happens. I wanted, I will be very curious to see if anybody else noticed that. A ripe pear, like I said, especially when you, or a peach, if any fruit, and you add a little bit of cinnamon to it, it really tastes like a dessert. So that's been really cool. Now, another thing too, though, is I am not on caffeine right now, which that will be a whole nother episode talking about that bad boy. But I do need a little bit of sweetener in my tea. I'm not uh, just a straight tea drinker. And so right now it's in the middle of winter at the time of this recording. We're really cold out. So a hot drink is a must. So I drink tea. And what I use is a liquid stevia extract. And I use that for my tea. I use it if I'm making a smoothie. And then if I'm just eating the yogurt by itself, I'll also use some of the liquid stevia instead of adding a different kind of sweetener to that. And the um, I've linked in the show notes for you the brand that I like. It doesn't leave 
sometimes you may have tried stevie on the past and it leaves kind of a weird bitter just kind of an odd aftertaste that's not really that pleasing and i have not had that happen with this brand in fact i have been using it for mm, three years now i think i've been using this brand and i haven't had any issues with aftertaste i really like it and i've even used it in cooking and it's held up well in that as well so i've used it in some different sauces um, if i'm making chicken teriyaki i will use some of that in place of adding so much honey and that kind of a thing i've really been pleased with it and really a little tiny bottle lasts a really long time it's actually quite affordable i found because you're only using like five to six drops, just little tiny drops. It comes with a glass eyedropper and you're just using about five to six drops per serving. So it lasts a long time. Now tip number eight, and this might seem kind of odd, but my tip number eight is go for the fat. The evenings are the worst time for me. And that's probably because as a family, we typically will have dessert after dinner. It, you know, that's kind of the main time where I would have a majority of the sugar. And I tend to really want something sweet at the end of the day after supper, part of its habit. And it's just, I don't know, I get a craving for it at that time. But I found if I have a significant amount of fat or if I don't have enough fat, say I haven't eaten enough fat throughout the day, that the sugar craving will be a lot more intense. Found, for example, last night I was really, really, really eyeballing some chocolate. I had some chocolate caramel that was given to me for Christmas with sea salt, and it was calling my name from the cupboard for about 20 minutes, actually. And then I'm like, okay, this is crazy. I found that if I eat a teaspoonful, just a small amount of peanut butter or almond butter and fresh ground or the kind that doesn't have sugar added to it, again, we have to check those labels if you didn't make it yourself. It really seems to help hit the spot and will keep me from reaching for the sugar. It tends to satisfy a craving in the body. And then another thing too is I'll, I'll kind of look back throughout the day and I'll look at the things that I've eaten and usually I can notice that I didn't have enough fat probably throughout the day to help satiate me. And I want to share, I have a special freebie in the show notes for you guys today and that is five free easy no sugar added recipes that are ones that I fall back on when I'm doing this and really become a pillar in our eatings. You can go to mostcanrest.com, podcast button, episode number 99, and grab those. Okay, for our verse of the week. This week, actually not just this week, but for quite a while, I have been reading through the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. I love some of those Old Testament books and really studying them. I have been working my way through Isaiah, and this week I am on chapter 25, chapter 25, verse 1. And it's, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name. For you have done wonderful things, even purposes planned of old and fulfilled in faithfulness and truth. And so when I first read that, I mean, of course, all of God's word is great, right? But when I was reading that, it really struck me. And this is from the Amplified Version. And how important it is to think about all of the good things and to pick out the good things. And this kind of actually goes back to our mindset is to find the good and to see the good because what we're looking for is what we'll see. If we look for the wonderful things that God is doing or has done in our life, we will find them. We will see them. We will praise him. We will exalt him. But if we focus on the bad things and the negative things, then that's what we'll find and that's what we'll see. So again, we, we have that choice. So I hope that you will be with me and you will choose to look and find the wonderful things and to focus on those. But what I love about this is God has planned from the beginning, beginning of time, before creation, he 
called us to him. He called his people to him by name. And he says that he knitted us together in our mother's womb. And he knew the plans that he had for us. And he is working to fulfill them in our lives in faithfulness and truth. And I like this because even when I tend to mess up or backslide in an area, I know that God is working it out. And that he has had the plan in place long before I was even born. And even if I mess up, as long as I turn back to him and I am in repentance and I'm seeking him, then it's still going to be carried out and his plan will be good in faithfulness and truth. That that offers you some encouragement. And I want to thank you so much for joining me today. And I would love to see in your comments and go to the show notes of the blog post in your comments and hear your tips, some of your favorite recipes, or some of your favorite tips or ways for cutting out or eliminating sugar. I will be back here with you next time, and it will be episode number 100. Can you believe that? We're coming up on episode number 100. So I want to do something really fun and cool for that. Make sure that you stay tuned for that next episode. And like I said, be sure and go get your my favorite five free, easy, no sugar added recipes.